Welcome to the Smart Connector, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs be the leader their ideal people love. Build your influence, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons and become a Smart Connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. I've always been fascinated by the topic of our relationship with ourselves, as I think this is where connection with others and connection to many really starts. Because what we present to the world and how we communicate is really an amplification of our dialogue with ourselves. If we spend our time pushing ourselves beyond our limits, not honouring our intrinsic needs and desires, and putting the needs and demands of others before our own, we'll struggle to show up as a leader for others. And if we don't inspire others and become that leader for them, we won't win their loyalty or commitment, and we won't become the most fulfilled, wealthy or successful versions of ourselves. Pushing ourselves too hard is common as entrepreneurs, but it's so detrimental to our happiness and well-being. It sabotages our business success through causing overwhelm and burnout, which then prevents us from thinking clearly and planning strategically. The relationship with ourselves goes beyond a mindset shift or just reading a book that expands our mind and should incorporate daily habits, rituals and permissions that work in synergy to make us the most inspired and joyful versions of ourselves. And as entrepreneurs, we need to maintain that goal, no matter what else is happening all around. Because once we start pinning our success to our external results, we'll be on an emotional roller coaster hating ourselves one day and loving ourselves the next, beating ourselves up for not achieving a sale and feeling on top of the world when some money lands in the bank. Living our lives on this crazy basis is quite addictive, but it's also a recipe for disaster, and it's the hell that many entrepreneurs find themselves in. Every entrepreneur who hasn't established consistent and predictable revenue for themselves or who's struggling with market forces they can't do anything about, such as Brexit or the pandemic, or who is just an early-stage solopreneur or startup, is vulnerable to these difficult and painful feelings. And they really need some proper tools to help them ride out the storm. Our relationship with ourselves really is the first step to authentic connection and a deepening trust with others. Because when the relationship with ourselves is fraught, we won't be able to connect properly with others or even relate to them on anything more than a superficial level. We'll be too riddled with shame and self-doubt and we'll be busy trying to hide our shame and the person we feel we truly are. So having a poor relationship with ourselves destroys connection with others and if we don't find a way to reverse this and love and honour ourselves regardless, will be one of those people that either hides from the world or will resort to small talk and superficial interaction, which is okay as a part of everyday life, but they don't deeply nourish our spirit or soul and connect us properly with others. And we deserve to have our spirit and our souls deeply nurtured and cherished. We should never have to put up with loneliness, isolation or disconnection. And if you're in that situation right now, I have a message for you. No matter what you've done in life, no matter what mistakes you've made or terrible things you've done, no matter how rich you are or poor you are, how stupid or clever you've been, you deserve a second chance and the opportunity to feel good about yourself. If you're someone who's caused hurt to others and if you're feeling guilt or shame about that, 
you can make amends and start afresh. Learn from your lessons and become a better person. There is never any good reason for you to hide away and wallow in self-hatred or self-pity. Find your energy, your focus and love yourself through connecting with your passion and purpose. Look, we all spend 24 hours a day in our own company, so only you can choose whether that becomes a good experience or a bad one. So remember to keep telling yourself this helpful mantra which I learned from the wealth coach T. Harvecker. I observe all my thoughts and entertain only those that empower me. Any time bad feelings start to overwhelm, just tell yourself that over and over until you just recognize those feelings and you can discard them effortlessly. Now, some people say, well, is this just a form of brainwashing? Well, yes, in a way, but what's wrong with brainwashing yourself into resilience, contentment and personal empowerment? Some other people say, well, Jane, this is just denial. Painful feelings are there as signposts to tell us things have to change. Well, yes and no. I believe it's really important to accept rather than deny our feelings, but acceptance and honouring our pain and hurt is not the same as believing we have to act out and resolve it immediately. Reacting without a filter is what animals or psychologically disordered people do. They think their feelings are the truth. They think because they feel bad, it's someone else's fault. They think they have to react in a knee-jerk way and do something different. Well, that's not always helpful. In fact, more often, that's harmful. Most times, we get the best results by deeply honouring and listening to our intuitive wisdom and, of course, hearing what any pain is telling us. We have to be able to separate our deep and genuine pain about a situation or relationship that is hard to resolve and to decide strategically what can be done from our side to improve or change things from the day-to-day mental debris that's spoiling our well-being and enjoyment of life. Our paranoia about people's motives, our unfounded fears for the future, worry about things we really can't change or do a thing about, and so on. All of those mental states and torments we talk ourselves into, and that if we spoke to a truly wise friend about, would help us see that we're just tying ourselves up in knots for the sake of it. The thing is, we have an inbuilt negativity bias as humans, and this means that 80% of the 6,200 thoughts we have each day are not going to be helpful to us. They're like debris clogging up our minds and preventing us from fulfilling our potential. And that's why we absolutely have to have a system to deal with them, a system that permits our more empowering and joyful feelings to dominate instead. Now, I've done a lot of mindset training and I've been right on top of the self-talk for quite a long time now. So I know how to reframe negative self-talk and to say the right things to turn my mood of sadness or despair to a mindset of inspiration and limitless possibility. And I've practiced techniques such as affirmation, gratitude, prayer and visualization since my cancer diagnosis and treatment a few years ago. Because the first thing that happens when you're hit with a cancer diagnosis, particularly one as serious as mine, was that you believe you're going to die soon. And if you don't address this, you'll spend every day in a state of fear and panic. And believe me, that is a really horrible place to be. 
For me, the worst thing about this was that I had three young girls whose fathers were not very present for them. And the thought of not being there for them as they grew up began to torment me daily. I also had many checks, operations, tests and scans to undergo. And had I not worked really hard on my mindset, these would have driven me literally mad with worry and fear. In the months after my treatment, I attended a few workshops for women who were also struggling with the aftermath of a cancer diagnosis or treatment. The majority of them had caught it early and their prognosis was excellent. And yet I saw how some of these women were completely unable to move on with their lives. They gave up their jobs and careers. They aged visibly and stopped bothering with their appearance. They acted like they only had a few months to live when in fact they probably had decades of healthy living ahead of them. And guess what? Research shows that what you believe has a tendency to come true. So if you walk around indulging feelings of worry and fear, the universe is likely to step up and offer you the real experience. So you don't have to waste your time in endless rehearsals. Your beliefs and what you tell yourself are so important and it's actually much easier than most people think to change them. So one of the things I did was to make the decision to live by faith, which I still do. I also developed a personal technique I call shrinking time, which is a bit like mindfulness. It means the tougher the day gets and look, we all have tough days. The more moment to moment living and gratitude must come into the picture. I know at these moments I must put down worry and fear, focus on all the things I'm grateful for and repeat my affirmations. And whenever I find myself troubled by difficult thoughts or events, I just start going into this practice and it has quite a magical effect. It's like white noise, a pattern interrupt that blocks out the bad stuff and brings me peace. I also have faith in God, which some people call a higher power or the universe which gives me a powerful belief that no matter what happens, it's for the right reason at the right time and it's unfolding in the right way to make me the best version of myself. The biggest lessons pave the way for our biggest triumphs, as long as we trust the process and receive the wisdom it contains. But I'm someone who aims really high and I want a lot for my life. So although these techniques work, I felt more was needed for me to make that shift to the best possible relationship with myself. Despite the fact that I had faith and I felt I'd mastered self-talk, I still had some bad habits that I hadn't addressed, and I'll tell you about those in a minute. For some of those that are still getting to know me, I had some other challenges as well as the cancer. I'd left the father of my two older daughters when they were very young and he'd never supported them, which meant that finances were challenging. But I sold a business and made quite a lot of money and at that point in my life I was quite wealthy. So I remarried and I had my younger daughter but my husband was pretty hard to live with and his business failed so we lost the wealth that I'd accumulated. And then he had an affair and he left me overnight and without explanation. And after that I had a really bad experience with some unethical people in property who lost me even more money. And this was awful comings it did hot on the heels of the breakdown of my marriage and my divorce, not to mention my previous health issues. So I really felt quite broken and I had so much rebuilding to do. Now at this point, I think I took the wrong turn because I started to drive myself really hard. And at that point, I also realized my overwork was starting to compromise my health, my sanity and my happiness. 
I was, of course, getting results because I was living in a way by the hustler's mantra. Six months of hardcore alignment and focus can put you five years ahead. But this came at a very high price as I was beginning to realize. And then my inner voice became louder. It was telling me, Jane, you're pushing yourself too hard. You're denying yourself life's simplest pleasure, time for you. You're not honoring your intrinsic self. I wasn't pacing myself. I'd work like crazy and then I'd go out, partying, staying out late and waking up with a hangover. Now, it might be understandable in the midst of a divorce, but it wasn't doing me any good. It really wasn't what I needed. And then I knew that things had to change again. I had to build more authentic connection into my life. I needed to prioritize my relationship with myself and do what I should have done years ago. Surround myself with those who genuinely inspired and actually cared for me, rather than the leeches and users that I'd let into my life previously. I had to learn how to draw great people to me and keep them there whilst repelling the rest. And that was when I wrote my book, The Smart Connector, and I really developed this philosophy of connection to self, others and many being the key to happiness, well-being and success. I also realized that all of this workaholism followed by partying was really me playing a role that I'd never challenged since childhood. Because when I was a child, I didn't feel recognized for anything other than my achievements. I felt invisible to my parents as they were in so much turmoil themselves. But what stopped them in their tracks and got me attention was me becoming a super achiever and bringing home awards and prizes which set in motion that super-achieving mindset that really harmed and sabotaged my happiness and was still harming it. I actually felt of low value unless I was serving others in this way, but I didn't include myself in this act of service. I treated myself at times like a slave master whipping a slave. It was like a seesaw going up and down, and I really needed to find even more peace and balance and dig a lot deeper than just the mindset and the affirmations and the visualizations and the prayer and everything else that I'd brought into my life previous to this. So what I'd like to do is to ask you to stop for a moment and just ask yourself how you treat yourself. If you were split into two, what is your ego, the driver of your status and accomplishments, saying or doing to your fragile, precious soul? like you would to some bossy autocrat who's trying to dominate and take over every aspect of your life, you have to stand up to yourself sometimes and say no. Get your ego to serve you rather than you serving it. Look, it's easy when life's good, when you've got others around you who love you and have your best interests at heart. But when you don't, when life gets tough, and at times we all lack the perfect conditions to, to thrive, The best way to do this is by developing the right habits and rituals that really support and nurture yourself. So what can you do to love yourself more? And this is a really individual thing. It's not just candles, bubble bath and a cream tea, although I guess it could be. It's also not selfishly ignoring the needs or wishes of those who depend on you. It's just about carving out some special time every single day to take care of and love and honour you. And this realisation was the point at which I realised I needed to make some other big changes 
And that positive thinking or self-talk, whilst helpful, just wasn't enough. Having grown up and been around alcoholism and addiction all my life, I'd already attended many Al-Anon meetings, so I was familiar with and practiced some of the 12-step principles and traditions. And although I think they're great in many ways, a lot of people in personal development circles take issue with the idea that you meet as a group purely to define yourself through a negative. The 12-step traditions and principles have helped so many people, including myself, but I've also witnessed at first hand how many people in these groups manage to quit drinking or taking on the problems of the out-of-control people in their lives but their own lives are still fraught with problems and dysfunctional relationships. So to me, recovery principles became a starter kit rather than a system for life. I believe to achieve authentic and truly empowered connection with self, others and many, you need to absorb all that good stuff that's in the 12-step philosophies and other self-help programs, but ultimately keep growing through and beyond these principles every single day. To have a good relationship with yourself, you have to give up feeling and acting like a victim. Hard things may have happened in your life. Some of them may have happened because of mistakes you made. Some of them may have happened simply because bad things do happen to good people. But never hand your power to another in the here and now. You create your own reality and no one else has the power to do that. Put blame and judgment away. No one else holds the key to your happiness. The past is gone, so all you can do is work with the reality that you've ended up with today and put one foot in front of another. Make this day, this week, this month and this year count and be memorable for all the right reasons. So what is this system that you use, I can hear you asking. What is the secret of a healthy and connected relationship with self? Well, before we go any further, let's just say that I'm not a guru and I don't believe in gurus. I'm just somebody who had a rather pressing need to get this right. And so I put a great deal of time, effort and attention into finding some answers that worked for me. So if the system I use offers you a shortcut, I am just delighted to be a service. Some people have developed a great relationship with themselves that evolved quite naturally. If you were brought up in a family where you felt valued, respected and heard, you're far more likely to be instinctive around these things. You're going to be more able to balance your life and incorporate the things you enjoy into it without guilt or conflict. For others like me, this isn't so easy. Some of us have to reset and recalibrate every day, and I am one of those people. So here's what I do, and here's something that you could try too. So first off, I take care of my body and my physical energy levels. Simply put, I exercise every day, even if it's only a walk with the dog or some stretching. And I aim for five to seven portions of fruit or vegetables a day. I take a high quality supplement and and as well as exercising daily, this means that I very rarely get ill. So my immune system is strong. But I think that this is the result of conscious choices. Neither my diet or my exercise habits are perfect. I mean, it takes a lot of effort to consume seven portions of fruit or vegetables a day and find the time to walk and exercise daily too. And I don't always manage it. But when I do, it does mean that I have much higher energy and I look and feel better than a lot of other people my age. 
And so I credit these daily habits to keeping me cancer-free and contributing to a better mental and emotional state that helps me connect with others in a more happier and joyful way. So once you connect to a daily habit, it tends to stay. So if you define yourself as someone who eats right and exercises daily, then that becomes a habit and who you are. It then goes on to define your relationship with yourself. Now, secondly, I have a morning meditation routine, and I developed this after reading Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz, which is a really good book. And this states that our self-image isn't fixed, and it can be changed by adjusting our internal operating system. And he says that whatever goal we have in mind, our brain and nervous system will steer us towards it. Happiness is just a mental habit that can be practiced. So it's important for us to practice it by meditating and getting into that feeling state. And he recommends daily meditation in which you practice visualization and picturing your life exactly the way you want it to be. You can do this to truly experience the feeling of abundance. You could recreate that feeling perhaps on Christmas morning where all the hard work and preparations are done. A luxuriant feast lies ahead. The house looks pretty with twinkling lights. Uh, The fridge is full of amazing food. The wrapped presents are under the tree ready to be opened. Or you might want to experience the deep warmth of lying in the sun's rays on a wonderful beach, the Caribbean sea lapping at your toes. And you could take it further. For example, you could imagine you're walking around the house of your dreams or laughing and cuddling the person of your dreams. The idea is simply to experience the feeling and a future where life is abundant and everything has worked out perfectly, where you're in that peak state. And you can even ask yourself how you got there and meditate on all the things you did to get to that happy place. And then you can also tell yourself things like, I'm unstoppable, my world is full of limitless possibility. Soon you'll find you can summon up that feeling more easily and not just when you're meditating. And that's when you know your operating system is really genuinely resetting itself. Always remember you are the energy you will attract. So this is about changing your vibrational state from one of fear to one of abundant joy. Now the next thing I do is I stop working at least 90 90 minutes before sleep. And this is my time to relax and do whatever I like. Watch TV, read, talk to friends, anything that brings my day to an end in a way that only I choose. And this is the time when I don't have to please anyone except myself. And before I go to sleep, I give thanks for some things I'm grateful for and reflect on some things that went well or that I did well that day, even if it's just one thing. And throughout the day at bedtime and if I wake up in the night, instead of allowing troubling thoughts to swirl around my brain, I repeat affirmations such as, I'm beautiful and lovable, I'm peaceful and protected. Life is so good to me. Everything I want to need is in my life right now. Finally, one of the best ways we can all have a great relationship with ourselves is to respect our need for authentic connection and to practice it. I always make time for people with whom I can be totally myself and to talk my truth to them in a way that makes me feel respected and heard, without them coming back at me with judgment or advice. And if you don't have enough of those people in your life, I encourage you to find them today. So that's it. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast on relationship with self, and I look forward to seeing you on the next one. 
Don't forget, you can always get in touch with me by visiting my website, www.janebaylor.com or checking out my free Ideal Client Success Masterclass. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Smart Connector podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not head over to janebaylor.com and order a copy of my free report on building your personal brand. I'd love to connect with you on social media. And finally, don't forget to like and subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss a show. Thanks for listening in and see you soon.